Hi there, I'm Niall Khan, and this is the P-Pro Podcast. P-Pro helps millions across the world pay and get paid for goods online. And P-Pro is a part of the larger fintech industry. And this industry is constantly in flux, and at times can seem quite opaque. In each episode, I sit down with some of the expert voices from within P-Pro to explore and hopefully illuminate an area of the fintech industry. Instant transfer, quick transfer, fast transfer, one of the more recent developments in payments is what we're calling at P-Pro Instant Payments. This week, I'm joined by Managing Director, P-Pro SA, and Director of Payment Partnerships, Jack Ehlers, to explain what it is and how it's been developing around the world. Now, there is some recording interference in spots, so don't worry, it's not your headphones. But as usual, you'll find links to the topics we've discussed, as well as Jack's LinkedIn in the footnotes. And now, here's Jack. Jack, welcome. And just to get us straight into this, as I understand it, instant payments are real-time payments that are bank-to-bank that are done in a few seconds. Now, how exactly is that done? Uh, There are basically two ways that you can do this. The first is that you're going to push money to me. um, you're You're the buyer and I'm the seller. And you're going to use instant payments uh, as a part of your mobile application. Yeah. And you would log in to that application, you would put the amount in, you have my information, you put that in, and then you can initiate that payment. Do I need to like put my bank account details in or your bank details in? Or? We, we would say that that would be part of the application. Okay. Yeah, that would be part of the app. And usually like in, like in India, uh, you would either scan a QR code or something that would give you, you know, the information around the receiver. You know? And it's, it's nothing more than you, you're at checkout, you use that real-time payment or, or instant payment method, and you enter the address of the person that you're sending the money to, you click confirm, and in the back end, that payment is processed between, between those two bank accounts. The money is taken from yours and put into mine. Another way that this can happen is what we call a request for payment, that you get my information and you send me a request in my mobile application, let's say, and then I confirm it and I send the money to you. So either I can push it or you can pull it. Where a sender of the money uh, sends it to the receiver and they get it in a few seconds on their bank account. So one of the, the biggest benefits of it is that you don't have to wait for your money. It's almost like passing over a dollar bill or a euro coin. You get your money right away in your bank account. Uh, the How long does it usually take for a transfer to go through? Yeah, well, you know, it depends on where you're living. Uh, you, If you're in Europe here and you make a transfer within... Uh, to another customer that's in the same bank, it could be it could be it's instantaneous, right? Uh, if it's to another bank, it could be as much as a day. Uh, if you're sending money to uh, another bank uh, or another person in another country, it could take a few days. I was going to say, you know, th- there are also other kind of payment methods that might even take that may take longer. Uh, so, yeah, but in t- in terms of the instant payments for like bank transfers. You know, up to a few days could be the same day, but it could be up to a few days. And if you're a merchant waiting for payment, sometimes it could be a number of weeks before you get settled on the transaction that you've paid. So, uh, in instant payments now is very attractive for merchants because they can they can see those funds in their bank, you know, that very second. 
or that very day, rather than having to wait for a week or two weeks before their acquirer will settle them on those funds. And how widespread are ensign transfer schemes? Well, they've been around for quite a while. In terms of where it's been available, for a number of years, you've had instant payments. Uh, and the technology or the platform for instant payments. For instance, in the UK from 2008, they had faster payments. Uh, You've seen recently countries like India and China start to prepare or start to offer real-time payments on the technology platform in their country for domestic interbank payments. And then you're seeing a lot of other countries uh, that are have plans for maybe pilot uh, a a real-time payment Uh, platform. Uh, That might be like in the U.S., where uh, it is a, it's market-driven, you know, it's really the banks that are taking the initiative to develop a real-time payment platform. It's not driven by regulation or law or something that's coming from a central bank, Uh, but they have plans and pilots for real-time payments. In the Eurozone, uh, it's more legislative, you know, a push towards real-time payments uh, from the UK now into the SEPA zone or into the Eurozone, where uh, there are, from 2017, real-time payments that you can make with SEPA uh, credit transfers. So there's a lot of terminology here. There's instant transfer, there's fast transfer. I don't know. Yes. What are the, what are some more adjectives that we can throw out yeah, there? Real time, yeah, real time. Real time payments. Instant yeah. Pa- instant transfer. Is there faster a, payments is another one. Exactly. Is there a yeah. difference between them technically or are they mostly just marketing material? It, it, there is, there's probably more marketing to that than anything else. They're probably just an industry trying to come to terms and how to describe this. Uh, you could you can describe it as faster payments, faster than what? Faster than today, which might take one or two days or maybe a month you know, right, okay. or a week. But you would have, um, uh, or real-time payments. Real-time, I think, in most people's mind is that it's happening within a few seconds. Faster, I'm not sure exactly what that means. It could be a few days as opposed to a few, you know, a, a week. Uh, but we know uh, within instant payments or real-time payments, it is within a few seconds. Yeah. So your question on the technology, that always depends on the country that you're in. Uh, they do use uh, a common uh, messaging protocol uh, in most of these markets, but uh, it's all dependent on what, how China or how India or how the UK process payments and the connection into that. So the technology is a little different, but the end result is the same. Why did this take so long to introduce? This seems like a fairly straightforward thing, taking money from one person's account, putting it into another person's account. Yeah. Uh, why was there this, this lag? I mean, there's, all, there's been innovation in payments, you know, and trying to reduce the amount of time uh, for when you get settled your funds as a merchant, let's say, or when you receive that payment. Um, and it's, it's, it's just continually been, been reducing. You know, like, like in the United States, when you would send a check you would, or give a check to a merchant, they would bring it to their bank and deposit it, but they still don't have fund, those funds on their account. They'd have to wait a few days until it was cleared uh, from the, uh, the sender's account or who wrote the check. And, uh, and then there was credit cards that came in, and they tried to reduce the amount of time that it took for merchants to get their funds. And in some cases, you know, they would charge back those funds if they didn't receive it from, from the, the payer. 
And there was also, I think, efficiency. There were, there were some limitations techno- technologically uh, in the past where most of the payment processing was done on an overnight basis. It was done in a batch fashion. So you take all those payments from the day, and then you would batch it overnight. And that process, uh, uh, you would process it in terms of getting the funds into your account. It may take a few days to do. Uh, but it was for efficiency. You didn't want to process every transaction. You wanted to take them all and do them at once. And now the technology is, is so scalable and so efficient that we can use those platforms for per-transaction processing every moment of the day, right? And every day. So part of it, I think, is just this evolution of, of payment processing itself that ha- now can offer this kind of real-time payment for bank-to-bank transfers. You mentioned there was an underlying system that all the instant transfer procedures work with. Yeah. Is, how do they, is there a possibility that they can communicate to one another? So like, could, could India's unified payment interface integrate with SEPA? SEPA credit transfer. And that, I, that right now is probably one of the biggest, that's, it's not a failure of it, right? I mean, what is it? It's just a limitation, a limitation. So is it possible to do real-time payments between these platforms? The answer is no. You need to be a buyer and a merchant in that market in order to do a real-time payment or an instant payment. If you are in another country, in another currency, then you'll need to go through the infrastructure that exists today for a bank wire or some sort of a, a, a swift payment. So when I tend to use instant transfer, I right. tend to use it as like a peer-to-peer thing. So if I'm out for drinks or I'm paying rent to a friend or a yeah. flatmate, yeah. I will use instant payments. Um, are there other broader uses for it? Like how, how, why would a merchant want to use instant payments? Well, I think what you're, what you're referring to is maybe an e-wallet, right? A wallet that you're sending money to somebody else to split that, that, uh, the dinner mm-hmm. bill. Yeah. And, and what, what, what I'm talking about is more instant payment for bank to bank transfers. And so there are use cases where you can use bank to bank transfer for a point of sale purchase or an e-commerce or an online purchase. And if if your market supports instant payments and that is something you can integrate into your POS or into your checkout at e-com- at, for an e-commerce transaction, it will be a bank-to-bank transfer. Uh, for right now, in most cases for P2P payments, I don't see that as the main use case for instant payments. It's more for uh, commercial transactions online, in-store. Also, the limits on instant payments in most markets is very high, relatively speaking, right? It's not 1,000. It may be 15,000 or 250,000. So you can now, you can use it for more business-to-business payments because you have this, this, this higher limit of what you can send, yeah? And, and that's one of the other use cases around or, or you know, value for real-time payments is that B2B or business-to-business can be used for instant payments. Or you could use it for lower-value purchases, like in, at a, uh, for coffee, 
or for splitting a bill. Yeah. But a lot of the front-end applications, you need to look at your market and what front-end or fintech company has developed an instant payment uh, method that is run by instant payment technology. What role do fintech companies play in making instant payments more popular? Should we mostly be looking at the banks to make it more popular, or should the governments make it more popular, or is it companies to make it more popular? To make it available is, is often driven by legislation, regulation, a central bank, a government, saying that this is the kind of payments environment we want to promote, and because it's good for consumers. It's good for efficiency in terms of payments and finances. So the government can play a role, and that's what the EU has done, for instance, or what India has done, They've or China. They played a role in promoting a real-time or an instant payment platform. Whether a merchant or a buyer or a consumer use it, I think is dependent on how well that front end or that method that they've developed uh, works. So uh, in India, you would have UPI, which is the payment platform, but you have the local companies that have developed a way that you can use your mobile phone to request a payment. And uh, they're, so you're getting it both ways. You're getting it from the fintech developers or the, the companies that develop a, a specific payment method for your, your application in your phone or for a, a purchase at checkout online. Uh, and then you have the back-end service that this is really running on that's really encouraged by the government or central bank or you know, the, the legislation. And the same thing can be said in the, uh, in the EU. Uh, right now, it's not mandatory for all banks to offer instant SEPA credit transfers. But uh, by 2020, you know, they're really targeting more of, it'll be more, more available you know, through banks. So typically, SEPA transfers are mandatory to the banks, but SEPA instant transfers are not. That's right. And why, right. why, what was the thinking behind that? That seems fairly odd. Because SEPA for me is this overarching European-wide banking system and yeah. infrastructure. Yeah. Why not also force the banks to use instant credit or instant transfer, I should say? They're, they're, going, that, they're going that direction. Uh, there are two different integrations for these banks. So right now for the SEPA, SEPA world, they use a specific platform in order to process those payments. And it happens a few times a day. For instant would be a different technology integration or messaging standard that the banks now have to support. So part of it is just this transition between where they are today and where they want to go. It just takes some time, right? But that cutover is not in, you know, they're not forcing that cutover. Because, you know, honestly, things work pretty well today, right? They work pretty well. Uh, you're going to have to maybe wait a day, but... Uh, the the incentive is that you'll have yeah more more efficiency uh, for merchants getting their funds faster and encourage more develop development by you know innovators other companies that want to offer services around real time payments. You mentioned that there's no real necessity to moving over to instant payments. What are what are some advantages of it then? It's a little bit faster. Is there anything else? The cost should be lower. Okay, how does that work? Right. Well, usually, if you're using a wallet to, to accept a payment or a card payment, 
less in the in the European market where those like the interchange fees have really been reduced quite low. But if you if you look in other markets like the U.S., uh, where interchange is relatively speaking high, much higher, that bank to bank transfer can be a lower cost payment method for a merchant. So instead of a cost of maybe one or two percent for a payment, they could get it for a few cents. And why why is it cheaper? Is it just the technology underlying? It seems like all you're doing is sending data back and forth anyway. Yeah. Why would it yeah. be so much cheaper in that case? Well, uh, you know, part of it is is maybe the the marketing behind. I mean, you have schemes that really uh, are spending a lot in terms of marketing the benefits, uh, and you have a you have a scheme that needs to be paid for, and instant transfer is not a scheme in that sense that it's sponsoring the Olympics or you know it's on every billboard. It is a very efficient way and a low cost way of sending money. And that's that's the purpose of it. That it's that it's reliable, that it's accurate, that it's fast, it's efficient, and efficient economically. And so we want to use a payment method as a merchant so that I don't spend money in my payment processing, I spend money in developing my product or increasing my margins or you know, doing these things for my customers that would make more value for them. And in bank transfers today, they are a low-cost way of, of, of accepting payments. And instant transfer, that's the same thing. They're really on the same rails. In the same, it's the same service, in essence. Are there any potential customers that would use instant payments instead of using a credit card? I, I could see in a lot of cases where if you're, if you're offering a card that you would see some benefits from uh, instant payments. Most cards, especially for small and medium-sized businesses, the use of a card, uh, it's more expensive and it takes longer to get your money, right? So if you're offering instant payments to a, to a buyer, to one of your consumers, you've got the funds faster and you're, and you're spending less. So you, you still have people that are coming into your shop or into your store that maybe they're not using that application that supports instant payments, and you need to offer cards. But in, uh, in many of these marketplaces like India, it is becoming very predominant that most people have this application that allows them to use real-time or instant payments to make that purchase. It's a benefit for, for those merchants, for sure. One of the large legislative changes in the EU recently has been PSD2 and open banking and APIs. Could you possibly explain how this can tie into instant payments? Right, for Payment Services Directive, so the second version of it, and uh, that came into force in January this year. There is, in terms of open banking, you know, the regulators are really trying to drive more, more, more innovation and competition in payments you know, through that and get better services and lower cost services to, to buyers and sellers. It's, in many ways, you can see it as more customer choice and increasing competition. So you drive prices down. There is a connection between like PSD2 and open banking and, and real-time payments. Because open banking now, you have a payment initiation service or account information service provider, and they can tie in a payment initiation to instant payments. You could be a company that says, now I have open banking through PSD2, and I want to develop a service that lets my account holders, my clients, tell me to make a payment to somebody, and open banking gives me access into that bank account, and I'll do it in real time. 
I won't do it in a week. If you ask me for the make the payment, I'll access your account, I'll make the payment in seconds. So the the value to these uh, person who wants to make a payment is is increased by having open banking and having a technology that allows for instant payments. Because the two can be put together with the other things that you're offering in your service, and you know, that's more valuable for for the, the customer. This seems like a really a really good product because it's yeah. it's so much easier. Yeah. Um, why is hasn't it yet? Why isn't it doing better than it is? At mm-hmm. least in Europe, mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen any figures about the percentage of usage, but it, I would imagine it's quite low. I mean, uh, in India, we've seen massive, massive increases. UPI's growth in value since it was released is up forty nine percent, and its volume is up sixty percent. Mm-hmm. Um, why? Why can't Europe get its uh, get its user base to start adapting it? Well, it just for instant like SEPA credit transfers, it's it's just been what, this year mm-hmm. that you've seen some banks offer this. Uh, so it's early. It's really early in in basically the the adoption right of this payment method. Open banking also something only this year. But I think if you if you looked at the in the UK. There, there has been growth in the use of faster payments. Yeah. Their terminology. I was reading Denmark and the UK both introduced instant payment schemes. I believe the the Danes did in 2012, mm-hmm. and the Danes had a much much quicker adoption rate than the UK. Over the course of four months, they, by total percentage of the population, had the same as the UK did after four years. Yes. yes so, yes. what are some ways to actually get people to use it? So much of it is inertia, I think, you know, sort of a, you know, getting people beyond or making changes to their behavior, to their habits, right? You know, we find it easy to use cash. We find it easy to use our card, contactless, all these other options. And uh, that has been one of the difficulties in all of fintech is getting people to change their behavior and use something new in terms of making payments. And the same happens here. The service in Denmark may have been quite a bit easier to use, let's say, than faster payments had been when it was introduced in the UK. Uh, or there's more of a willingness to adopt it in the Danish culture or you know, consumerism than there is in the UK to use it. So these are all forces that are, that are at work in any payment method. The same thing goes for maybe cryptocurrency and using Bitcoin as a payment method. And there were many attempts to offer Bitcoin at payment checkout that really haven't gone anywhere. Even though you've had the Dells and the Microsofts of the world saying we'll accept Bitcoin and cryptocurrency at checkout, it didn't get that kind of change in people's behavior or a willingness to use it. So that's why I keep coming back to if if you it, when you have at least this this combination of companies using open banking, using instant payments, and have a service of their own that they want to marry or, or mix payments into, that is, that's more of the trigger, the reason that people are adopting, let's say, real instant payments than, than what they're using today. The other aspect of this is sometimes you're just forced to. You know, um, like in India, uh, again, coming to that example, a big push by the government to reduce the amount of cash that's used in the economy. And, and trying to drive it towards a quote-unquote cashless you know, economy or less cash economy. There, there's a real you know, push by the central bank and the government for, uh, for electronic payments 
and uh, using UPI in real time or instant payments in India, you know, is driven from that aspect. So you see more of those that that very sharp increase of usage in India, and more of a gradual one in the UK where you already have a lot of other options. What do you think the future for instant payments is? The, you know, the future of of instant payments. Well, it's always hard to know. Yeah, uh, I think it's promising though, and because you have something that is very similar now to a cash transaction. You know, it's like handing over a couple of dollars. It's handing over a couple of euros, and you put that in your pocket, and now you have it. It's now it's happening between your two bank accounts. So, the the future of instant payments to me probably starts in more of the B two B space where there's a lot, I think, in the business community, more frustration around how their payments are being made to other companies for payments of invoices, let's say. So you see instant payments to be more driven by the business's need. Yeah, yeah, in in some markets, right? Uh, Is that fairly unusual for a product to be driven by the needs of a business rather than the needs of a consumer? Or is that fairly normal and I mean, most of what we read about in terms of like financial technology is like in consumer application, right. WeChat, Alipay, and PayPal, or Klarna, or something like this. In this case, uh, the B two B market is actually a bigger market than B two C, in terms of funds that are transferred every day. So it's it's not insignificant. It may not get as much business news around it, or uh, maybe a reputation for innovation, but there is just as much need. If you're in India, you're going to see a lot of uh, the application of real-time payments that is consumer-led. In other markets, uh, let's say in Europe, you may have more of a B2B, um, like really business case, a real a real need for efficient business-to-business payments that you could use with this real-time platform that's fast and that doesn't cost a lot of money. They also do, uh, in terms of the payment market for B2B payments, is, is larger than it is for consumer payments. So you, um, I think it really depends on which market you're in, which country you're in, yeah, and what kind of development uh, of a payment application has been done in that market uh, for, to encourage either consumer payments or B2B payments or both. Jack, thank you very much for joining me today. It's been very informative, and I hope to see you again in the future. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thanks very much for listening. And a reminder that you can follow PPRO on Twitter and Instagram at PPRO underscore group. Until next time.